Welcome to the Mountain Brook Baptist Church podcast. We pray that this message will help you in your walk with Christ. Our current sermon series is The Church Your New Pastor Deserves. The title of Dr. Dorsch's sermon today is more by its discernment than its decisions. The big idea is the greatest measure of our faithfulness is our ability to tell how God is at work in our midst so that we might join him in it. If you have your Bibles this morning, I invite you to turn with me to the Gospel of Luke, the 12th chapter, and we're going to begin reading with the 54th verse. And this morning, I invite you to consider with me how God is leading us to become a congregation, a church that is marked more by our discernment than by our decisions. Beginning with verse 54 in the 12th chapter, Jesus says to the crowd, when you see a cloud rising in the west, immediately you say, it's going to rain, and it does. And when the south wind blows, you say it's going to be hot, and it is. Hypocrites, you know how to interpret the appearance of the earth and the sky. How is it that you do not know how to interpret this present time? May God add his blessings to this, the reading of his word. Someone has said that the hardest thing to learn in life is to learn which bridges to cross and which bridges to burn. And I have to say that I I agree with that assessment of all the decisions that we are called upon to make in this life. That surely is one of the most challenging because of how every single decision that we make involves some kind of risk. If we make a good decision, then everything will go well for us. If we make a poor decision, then it is often the case that we spend many, many years trying to recover from that bad choice. All decisions, in some respect, require us to predict the future. We make a decision in the present, but it's always based on what we anticipate the future will be. And there, in and of itself, is the reason why these choices and decisions are so difficult to make. None of us has a crystal ball. None of us is able to understand what tomorrow holds. And so we make the best decision that we can in the moment and we gear up to be able to deal with the results. But what if I were to remind you how as people of faith, though we are not able to know the future, we trust the future to a God who not only knows what tomorrow holds, he holds tomorrow. God not only knows what the future holds, God holds the future. And therefore, when we trust our way to God, we have the confidence that even though we can't see it in the moment, all will be well. Why then do so many people try to make decisions that have future implications without giving due thought to where God is in the process? That's the question that Jesus poses in this passage of Scripture that I've read for you today from the 12th chapter of Luke's Gospel. 
Jesus is speaking to the crowds. We've been looking at this section of Luke's gospel where Jesus has steadfastly set his face toward Jerusalem. He's going to the cross and he takes every opportunity that he can seize to pour into the disciples' teachings that will enable them to carry on his work. And throughout this section of the gospel, there's this interesting back and forth between moments that Jesus has with the twelve, whom he has called to follow him, and the rest of the crowd who's hanging around overhearing what Jesus is saying to his disciples. And at times, Jesus will speak to his disciples. At other times, he will speak to the crowd. Here, Jesus is speaking to the crowd because Jesus knows in his spirit that they are facing a momentous decision as far as their own future is concerned. How will they receive Jesus? Will they embrace him as God's Messiah? Or will they reject him going their own way by their own instincts and impulses so that they miss the good future that God has for them to know? And so as a way of calling them not just to trust their futures to God, but to trust their futures to God as God has revealed himself in the person of Jesus. He tells them this parable. Jesus says to the crowd that uh, when there is a cloud coming from the west, which is the direction in which the Mediterranean Sea lay. You know that in due time, very short period of time, it's going to rain. That, that's how rain comes. It always comes from the direction of the sea. And when you sense a wind blowing from the south, which is the direction of the Arabian desert, hot winds. You know it's going to be hot. I'm sure the crowd was uh, encouraged by how Jesus was affirming their ability to manage their lives and, and to prepare for the future on the basis of how they might be able to ascertain uh, developments uh, in earth and sky. And just when they were ready to pat themselves on the back for how Jesus seemed to be patting them on the back, like with every parable that Jesus tells, there's a punchline, there's something that is meant to shake us and awaken us to some deeper truth. In this case, Jesus says, yes, yes, you can, you can see rain coming because you've made the connection between a cloud coming 
your way from the west and you can prepare yourself for the heat of the winds of the Arabian desert. But how is it that you cannot interpret the present time, meaning how God has shown up in me, in my ministry, in my words, and in my deeds, how is it that you are content to live your life on the basis of decisions that you make from experiencing things that help you to connect dots, but when it comes to understanding what God is about, you miss it completely, which is why Jesus called them hypocrites, play actors. You claim to be people of faith, but when it really counts, your faith is so sorely lacking. See, Jesus was affirming their ability to make decisions on the basis of good experience, but Jesus was also challenging them to recognize how there are some very important things in life that you cannot decide by your own instincts or impulses. It requires something more, an openness to the presence of God in your midst, and if you do not recognize that presence in me, Jesus was saying to the crowd, it's simply because you have not chosen to do so. Now, it's easy for us. After Easter, by some 21 centuries, to look down our noses at people in Bible times who missed Jesus. It's easy for us to think, well, if I had been there, I certainly would have been one of those who would have seen in Jesus God's redemptive purposes playing out. And yet, and yet, how many times when we look at our lives do we face so many crossroads, so many decisions, so many times when we have to choose a direction to take, and on those occasions, we lean upon instincts and impulses. We make the best decisions that we can make in the moment, and then we pray that everything will work out for the best when it comes to the things of God. We have to do more than make good decisions. When it comes to the things of God, what Jesus is telling us is that we have to go through a process of discernment, one in which we lean upon God's presence in our lives in that moment which God promises will yield a result that is far, far better than anything that we could come to on our own. There is a marked difference between decision and discernment. I know they seem like the same thing. You would, you would call decision and discernment synonyms, cousins, 
grammatically speaking, but that is not the case. Decisions and discernment are very, very different things, and that's what Jesus is calling us to understand in this simple, short, yet powerful parable. Decisions are based on past experience. You, you look at how things have gone for you as you approach some crossroads moment in your life, and, and you connect dots so that it seems that in past experience things have sort of worked out in this direction and so there's every reason to believe that uh, if you make a decision based on the information that has come to you it's it's got a good chance of working out that's not a bad thing about so many areas in life I am not criticizing that decision making process we all do it Discernment, on the other hand, involves something very, very different. How do I see God at work in my life in this situation, this very moment, as I face this important choice, this crossroads decision? Where is God in all of this? And how might I respond to that in such a way that there is every reason for me to know the favor that God has in store for me in the days ahead? You see the difference. Decision is something that can happen very quickly. And in fact, there, there are many decisions that have to be made in the moment. You, you don't have time. You've got to make a decision. And you do the best you can. That's understandable, but discernment is something that takes a lot longer. You, you step back, again, you look for God, and whereas in a decision you are operating on the basis of your timetable, your schedule, in the process of discernment, you're being open to the leadership of the Holy Spirit that's on God's timetable, and that is far beyond you to know. You simply have to trust it to God in genuine, authentic faith. How many times do we say, I trust God? But we get anxious, and we get impatient, and we get impulsive. And we try to help God out. What might Jesus say to all of that? You hypocrites. You understand and interpret the appearance of the earth and the sky. How can you not interpret this present time? And that is why discernment is such a hard discipline to be about. For example, I remember one church that I had been called to serve. It was a church that when I arrived, I didn't know this when I went to the church. There were always surprises in every church. 
Well, the surprise in this church was the church was split right down the middle over a decision to relocate the church or not. And there were some in the congregation who felt like the present physical location of the church would not bode well for the church's future. People were moving out. Other churches that relocated had done well. There was a significant segment in the church who felt like that congregation had no future in its present location. There was, on the other side of that conversation, a significant number of people who were saying, we're not going anywhere. Too many memories in this place. Too much good that has taken place. We see opportunities in this place. Not the right decision. And so when I arrived, that was the first order of business. How are we going to move forward? In this location or somewhere else? Two weeks I had been there. Every conversation I had with anyone in the church always came around to the question, what do you think we ought to do? Should we stay or should we go? It was not an enviable position to be in. I was much younger, and yet I was restrained enough in my response to be able to articulate as compassionately as I possibly could that I did not care where we did church, either in that location or somewhere else. It mattered not to me, honestly. God had called me to lead that church. That's all that I could tell anyone. And that wherever God wanted us to do church, wherever, I was willing to follow God, and I would invite them to go with me on that journey. For the next 10 years, the church was in a process of discernment. Instead of making a quick decision, no, we've got to decide now. And there were times, I remember one young lay leader, a very successful entrepreneur who could spin more businesses like plates better than anyone I'd ever known. We got to do something. Even if it's wrong, we got to do it. And I'd say, listen to yourself. We were good enough friends. We got to do something. If it's wrong, we just got, no, that's not the way to proceed. And for the next 10 years, we went through a process of discernment. That doesn't mean we sat on our hands over the course of that 10-year period. No, we had committees and teams and we did studies. We visited churches that had relocated and churches that had chosen to stay in their present location. We had conversations with property owners and city officials. We did demographic studies. 
And along the way, God closed every door. Anytime we would even think of going in another direction, sometimes God would slam the door. And after 10 years, it became apparent to that congregation God wanted the church to stay right where the church was. And when that decision was reached, it was amazing. The unity, the peace, the manner in which people began to anticipate the days ahead, the promise. I, I tell you that story only to help you to see that in the coming days, this church is going to face a lot of crossroad decisions. Not in the way of relocation. No, that's, that's not an issue on the table here at Mount Brook Baptist Church. But in terms of staffing, in terms of ministry priorities, in terms of facilities upgrades to be a, a church that is positioned for ministry in the 21st century. Those are some serious decisions that cannot be taken lightly or made quickly, certainly not by instinct or impulse or what we think is the right way to go because we're smart people. We make good decisions. Look at our track record. No, no. In order to move in the direction of the good future that Mount Brook Baptist Church wants to have, that God wants this church to know, a future that is in complete and total alignment with God's purposes for this congregation. It's best that the fellowship takes as much time as is necessary to see how God is at work in the midst of each and every one of these moments so that then the church and every part of the church might join God in that journey otherwise. Otherwise, Mountain Brook Baptist Church may end up burning some bridges that God wills for the church to cross. Ilio Dilio is a Franciscan mystic. And I love the line that she shares in one of her works. God is always doing new things. And only those who have new hearts and new minds will ever see the world that God is bringing to bear out of the cracks 
of the old. What she reminds us is that sometimes God burns old bridges to build new ones. Certainly that's what God was doing in Jesus who knew that the crowd might well be burning the one bridge that God was establishing in him to reconcile the world unto himself. As we at Mount Brook Baptist Church think about the church that we want to be in the days ahead, the church that God yearns for us to be. Let us therefore be willing to open ourselves to the leadership of God's Holy Spirit in terms of our individual lives and our common life. Let's be willing to go through whatever transformations are necessary to receive those new hearts, those new minds. Let's not rush the process. Let's wait upon God so that it may become clear to us all how God is at work in this moment, inviting us to join him, that together we might experience the fullness, every measure of his blessing he has for us to know today, and tomorrow, and for all eternity. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. We pray that today's message brought you hope as we continue to love God and live with grace and generosity. Be sure to check back here for more podcasts. And as always, go out and do the Lord's good work.